0: Welcome to the legacy teachings of Bill Anzovino, pastor of Christian Assembly Church since 1979. Though these teachings are decades old, we invite you to get out your Bible, take notes, and get ready to receive the uncompromised teaching of God's Word. For more information about Christian Assembly Church, please visit us online at cafamily.net. Romans chapter 2 and John chapter 4. In Romans chapter 2, we will read verses 28 and 29. And in John chapter 4, we will read verse 23 and 24. Our Heavenly Father, we thank Thee for Your presence, for Thy Spirit who will unveil to our spirits your word and quicken that word within us. We thank you for direction to our spirits, illumination of our minds. We thank you for changing us from glory to glory. Now, as we approach your word, dear Father God, with reverence and humility, we thank you that it shall not return void, but accomplish that which you please and prosper in a thing where to you send it. Our hearts are receptive, our ears are attentive, and our minds are open in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Romans 2:28 and 29 For he is not a Jew which is one outwardly neither is that circumcision which is outward in the flesh. Romans 2:28 29 but he is a Jew which is one inwardly and circumcision is that of the heart in the spirit And not in the letter, whose praise is not of men, but of God. Circumcision is that of the heart, in the spirit. And not in the letter, whose praise is not of men, but of God. Go back one chapter to chapter 1, verse 9. For God is my witness, whom I serve With my spirit. Circle that expression. With my spirit. In the gospel of his son. That without ceasing I make mention of you always in my prayers. Circumcision is that of the heart. In the spirit. And Paul said I serve God with my spirit. John chapter 4 verse 23. But the hour cometh. And now is when the true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth, for the Father seeketh such to worship Him. God is a spirit and they that worship Him must worship Him in spirit and in truth. Now, I don't know about you, but I know the last two times we've met, we've entered into worshiping our Father with our spirits, with our spirit, not with our intellect, not with emotion, but with our spirits, with our hearts. You see, there's three things to recognize here. Whenever an Israelite, under the old covenant, had to approach the throne of God, they had to enter in, first of all, to the gate with the sacrifice, and they can only get as far as the outer court, as long as that sacrifice Slain and the blood was upon the brazen altar, and then washed in the brazen labor, and then burned and sacrificed upon that altar. We call those individuals outer court Christians that stopped there in that outer court. There's a lot of praise and worship. but there's no desire to enter into the holy place. See, that's the body that's being washed with the Word, and washing of water by the Word. And we thank God for that. But there's another step the believer has to take, and that is into the holy place, where you go in and there you have the table of showbread, the Lord's Supper, and the golden candlestick the light of God's Spirit illuminating our minds and directing our spirits, and then the golden altar of incense where the smoke is a sweet-smelling savor in the nostrils of our Father. There you have the illuminating light of the glory of God, the Holy Spirit, illuminating our minds and changing us and transforming us. But still we're not satisfied. We're not satisfied we're not satisfied. We don't want to stomp there because there's one more veil. There's one more door. That enters into the holy place, the holiest of all, the most holy. See, it's dark in those rooms. And the only light you have in the holy place is the candlestick with the oil of God's Spirit. But now here, entering into the holiest, we have the mercy seat. And the Ark of the Covenant. And there we enter in, and the only light that you have is the countenance of the Shekinah glory of our Father. You enter into that most holy place. There won't be any shouting. There'll be awe. Holy awe. Where you stand in His presence, Probably bow your knee. Just like the cherubims bedain benight, holy, holy, holy. Thou art so very holy. Being that close to Him, that's all you can think of. That's all you can say. He's so holy. You know, this is where the Father's leading us. How many of you know that? Well, we're going to do some teaching along those lines in greater depth. But this evening, the Spirit of God spoke to my heart when we were kneeling down and said, I want you to speak about having a good self-image. Did you notice Paul said that I worship God with my spirit? Did you recognize that? What's he talking about? I, I worship God with my spirit, with my spirit in the gospel. And I believe believers have been kept out of that most holy place because they thought they had to worship God You see, just with the body and just with the soul, the emotions, it never really defined or understood the operation of the spirit of man. Consequently, that outward man kept them in such a state that they produced condemnation and guilt and inferiority. Like, what does God care about me? What am I? He's not concerned about my life. I pray, but I don't seem I seemingly get no answer. I don't make connection, contact. I've got troubles, but it seems like there's no help. It seems like I'm talking to a brick wall. It seems like things aren't happening in my life, in my home life. Maybe on the job. It seems like I'm out there all by myself. And it seems like there's no where to turn. There's no way to go. What am I going to do? I try to approach God and seemingly His ears just don't hear me. Am I lost? Am I by myself? What am I going to do? How many of you remember in Mark eleven twenty three, 23, Jesus said that you're not to doubt in your heart? Remember that? The heart's the spirit of man. See, there's more than believing God than just saying. One must believe, doubt not in his heart. He's talking about the spirit, the same spirit Paul's talking about. I worship God with my spirit. Faith must be released from the spirit. Not the body, not the emotions. And you know, in Matthew chapter 15, the Bible says, Jesus actually said this. He said, You honor me with your lips, but your hearts far from me. What's he talking about? You see, the spirit of man. The spirit of man. We worship God with our spirit, with our heart, with our inward man. Not with our emotions and not with our bodies. doesn't matter how we feel. Let's define this very quickly. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 verse 23, we are told, The very God of peace sanctify you wholly. And I pray God your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless until the coming of our Lord. Your whole spirit and soul and body. Man is a spirit. Man himself is a spirit. Man has a soul. Man lives in a body. The spirit man is the real man. With your spirit, you contact the spiritual realm. There's where we make contact with God. You see why faith is of the heart of the spirit? Faith is a spiritual force. With our spirits, we contact the spirit realm. Not with your emotions, not with your flesh, your body. Conscience is the voice of our spirit. Man has a soul. The soul makes up his sensibilities, his intellect, his will, his emotions. So with my soul, I contact the emotional realm or the intellectual realm. Reason is the voice of the soul. Now, don't forget this one. Body. He lives in the body. This is just an earth suit. He lives in the body. And that body contacts the physical realm. And feeling is the voice of the body. I don't feel right. I've tried to reason this out. That's the voice of the flesh, the body, and that's the voice of the mind, soul. I don't feel right. I don't feel like God hears me. I don't feel like my prayers are being answered. Reason. Why would God want to do anything for me? Reason, the mind. See, I've tried to think about this thing over and I just can't seem to get it. Trust the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own what? Reason, see, understand. The spirit of man. The Heavenly Father this evening wants you to begin to produce a self-image, a good self-image, not based on your physical makeup, not based on your intellectual makeup, but based on your spirit that's been washed in the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Do you know what got us into the holies of holies? The blood being accurately appropriated? The blood of Jesus Look at chapter ten of the book of Hebrews, and I'll show, show you that. Here we see he's telling us what to do with the with the body, and telling us what to do with the emotions, and showing us how we can enter into the holiest presence of God. Having that verse nineteen, having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by the what, by the what. You see, you've got to have faith in the blood of Jesus. You've got to have faith in the blood of Jesus. By a new and living way, which he hath consecrated for us through the veil, that is to say, his flesh. And having a high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith. Notice this. True heart, full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. You see, the first step in learning God's Word should wash our bodies with pure water. The second step, remember that, that's, in, that's in harmony with Romans chapter 12, verse 1. It says, present your bodies a living sacrifice. I don't go by feeling, in other words. I've got to start saying, I don't see myself in the flesh. I don't see myself in my physical makeup. I'm not a body, I'm a spirit. Feeling, you know, when you get up in the morning, you say, well, I just don't feel that well. Well, feeling is the voice of the body. You're more body conscious. If your body says you don't feel well, say, ha, ha, on the body. See, don't get that self-image. My body does not dictate to me. I am a spirit. And if the body is telling you from within, you don't feel well, and that's, you know, coming up to your reasoning faculties, then it's time to have our conscience purged, sprinkled with the same water. And stop reasoning out within ourselves and within our own thinking so that we can stop acting upon what the body says and start saying what the Word of God says. See, start saying, I don't care how I feel. That's my body talking. I don't care what my reasoning faculty says because that's just my soul. But God's Word says to me today, I am blood-washed, sanctified, the righteousness of God in Christ, accepted in the Beloved, my Father loves me. My Father cares about me. I'm a soldier in the army of God. I am near to my Father's heart. I hold a very special place in Father's heart. My Heavenly Father cares about me. He's more concerned about me than many spirals. He's more concerned about me than the lilies of the field. He gave His life just for me. That precious blood was spilled for me. He's concerned about me. My Father loves me. Hallelujah. And I'm basing how I feel on the Father's Word. And He said, Son, with my stripes ye are whole. Glory to God. Feed that to your spirit. Your spirit will take a hold of that. And it will begin to dictate to your mind and your soul. Your mind will be renewed. And when you get to this place we're at right now in the Spirit, I'm talking about entering into the holiest, you start saying those things, body, I start saying it, every cell in my body, every brain cell, every blood cell, every cell, the entire cellular structure of my body respond to the glorious light of the Word of the living God. He said, my words are life unto them and health, medicine, to all their flesh. Glory to God. I mean to tell you, it'll just be like the light, the glorious light of the Word of God. We've talked about transmutation before, remember? Remember we talked about transmutation, how a lower type of food is changed into a higher, higher type of food when, when, let's say, animal or animal and vegetable life is changed into human life when you eat it and digest it in your system and brain. your brain sends forth charges to every cell and it's changed into human life. Remember that? We talked about that? You don't remember that. You have to get the tape. Well, anyhow, it's the same thing. Romans 8, 11 says that the same Spirit that raised up Jesus from the dead that dwells in me will quicken, quicken, give life, the God life, immortal life. Animate my mortal body by the Spirit that dwelleth in me. When you get that close to the holies of holies and you speak the Word of God, the Holy Ghost takes charge and He causes every cell in your body to respond to the healing. See, the life that's in the Word of God, and that higher form of life changes our cellular structure so that it acts like an immortal body by keeping off sickness and disease, and our brain cells responding to the light of the Word of God. They must worship Him in spirit and in truth, and the Word is truth. My words are spirit, and they are, and there's a life, the life of God in His Word, and what He wants us to do this evening is begin to just do that with a self-image. Get a self-image in our spirit, who we are in spirit, so we can come into the Father's presence with our spirit and start saying right now who we are, what He has made us, how much He loves us and cares for us, and start appropriating, you see, this perfect redemption through the blood of Christ so that our ourselves, I believe that with all my heart, that cells will respond to the life that's in the light of God's Word. He abolished death and brought life and immortality to light. I know if you talk like this to some people, they they don't know what you're talking about. But glory to God, glory to God, hallelujah, we're grown up in Him and I know, I know that this is how it works. I know it in my spirit. This is how it works. It's God's life being imparted unto ours through this transmutation. The life of God entering into us, lifting us up to a place where the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus takes us high above the law of sin and death. Let's do that tonight. Let's do that right. Let's go to the book of Ephesians and let's produce a beautiful self-image. You are a beautiful person. Your Heavenly Father loves you. Your Heavenly Father cares for you. You are somebody special. You are somebody important. You're first class in God's kingdom. You are royalty. You're a king and you are a priest. And I want you to know that you have a right to enter into the holiest presence of God and draw from His very life. He said unto you, draw nigh unto me and I will draw nigh unto you. Under the old covenant, they said, draw not nigh into the holy place, but bless God under the new covenant. He says, draw nigh unto me and I'll draw nigh unto you. And we'll pal around together. Hallelujah. How do you do that? Through the Word. Never forget this. We are a spirit. We contact God who is a spirit with our spirit. The Word, God's Word, is the way we contact Him. Through the Word. See? They're carriers, containers of life. God's words are containers of life. Our words are containers In your mouth or in the tongue is the power of death and life. A wholesome tongue is a tree of life. Hallelujah. So we contact Him with the Word, and His Word is His contact with us. Through the Word we contact Him, and through the Word He contacts us. We are what the Word says we are. See, we can do what the Word says we can do. And when the Holy Ghost quickens the Word within us, then God builds or reproduces His life within. See, then this process of change from glory to glory takes place. Look at yourself in this mirror. You ready to look at yourself in this mirror? You'll be blessed. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. Say it. I am blessed... With all spiritual blessings, all spiritual blessings. In, Christ, in Christ. According as He has chosen us in Him before the foundation of the world that we should be holy. Say, I am holy, I am holy. in Christ. In Christ. I, am holy. I am holy and without blame before him. Before him. before him. before him. Before you, Father, before you, Father. In, love. in love. See, we were just before Him, weren't we? Have you had any spiritual inside whatsoever, you know that you was at the throne of God when you was on your knees. You were holy without spot, without blame, without blemish, before Him in love. Oh, I want you to know something. He that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God. When you dedicate your life to walk in God's love, I want you to, t- I want you to know you've dedicated your life to walk in God because God is love. When you walk in love, you are holy Without blame, without spot. Why? Having predestinated us under the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to Himself according to the good pleasure of His will. See, it was His will to give birth to you. How special you are. Glory to God how special we are. He purposed to give birth to us. He wanted to give birth to us. He loves us so much unto Himself. See, according to the good pleasure of His will to the praise of of the glory of His grace. Hallelujah. We are the praise of the glory of God's grace. Wherein he hath made us accepted. Say this, I am accepted. You're not accepted in some uh, group, secular group. Some people get upset when they're not accepted in a certain group. But I want you to know something. You are accepted in the beloved. You are accepted around the throne of God. You are accepted to come before the royal throne of God and worship him in spirit and in truth. You are accepted in the beloved. You are somebody special. Hallelujah in the beloved in whom we have redemption say I have been redeemed through his blood the blood blood gives me access access. to enter his courts with praise to enter enter the holy place place. to have my mind illuminated illuminated. by the Holy Ghost Ghost. and to enter in the most holy the the holiest of all by the blood of Jesus and offer the sacrifice of praise That is the fruit of my lips, lips, giving thanks to your name. name. Thank you, Father. See, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of His grace. Now, that's there. and There's more good stuff there in that same book. But go over to the book of Colossians, chapter 1. Chapter 1 in the book of Colossians. You are a very special person. You live in an age where you have the right to enter into the holiest presence of God. Under the old covenant, you know that they had the Shekinah glory locked up there in the holies of holies. You know there was a veil there. You know it was 20 feet high and thick and 4 inches thick and wide. You couldn't, you couldn't go in and intrude into that holies of holies without falling over dead. If anybody says, well, I want to go and see the glory of the Lord. You know why David was out there in the wilderness, out there in the desert? He said, oh, God, thou art my God. My soul thirsts for thee as in a dry and thirsty land where no water is. My, My flesh hungers for thee. For what purpose, David? To see thy power and to see thy glory so as I have seen thee in the sanctuary. I want you to listen to this. He was on the run. He he was running away from Saul. He was on the run. He said, my soul thirst; I thirst. We just had a feast here tonight. We were drinking from the rivers of living water. David couldn't do that. We could do that anywhere we go, but David couldn't do that. You know why? Because God was only in the sanctuary. He could only see that in the sanctuary. He could only go there to the temple. He had to get, but he was running. Do you see that? If you wanted to be around the presence we just experienced, you had to go to Jerusalem. You had to go over to where the tabernacle was and see the Shekinah glory. That's where he was shut up. And he says, I long for it. I long... Oh, saint, you should long for it. You should long for the manifestation of the glory of God. You should long for Jesus to manifest himself as he said he would in John 14. You should long and thirst for the Spirit of God to move in your life in such a way that you know that you're sitting in Father's presence. You should long for it, like David did. See, we live in a privileged age. We don't have to go to Jerusalem. We don't have to go to the temple because ye are the temple of the living God, and the Shekinah glory is in you. Say this. I am the temple of God. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Ghost live in me. That makes me special. Hallelujah. We don't have to take a jet ride over to Israel all we've got to look is within and say, I thank thee. greater is he that's in me. He said, destroy this temple in three days, I'll rebuild it. And he did, in you, in you, in me. What? Know ye not that ye are the temple of the living God? As God has said, I will dwell in them, and I will walk in them, and I will be their God, they shall be my people. You're a special person. God's in you. I mean God, the glory of God, the kind of glory of God that was shut up in the holies of holies is inside you and me. Look at this scripture. You'll love it. Colossians chapter 1. Look at verse 9. Let's start there. For this cause we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to desire that you might be filled with the knowledge of his will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding, that you might walk worthy of the Lord and all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work, increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all might, according to his glorious power and long patience, long suffering with joyfulness, giving thanks unto the Father who has made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light, having delivered us from the authority of darkness and transcending us into the kingdom of the Son of his love, in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the remission of sins, who is the image of the first of the invisible God who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature. For by Him were all things created that are in heaven, that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or powers. All things were created by Him and for Him and He is before all things and by Him all things consist... And he is the head of the body of the church who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have the preeminence. For it pleased the Father that in him should all foolish dwell. And having made peace through the blood of his cross by him to reconcile all things unto himself, by him I say, whether they be things in earth or things in heaven, and you, and you that were sometime alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now hath he reconciled to the body of his flesh through death to present you holy. Say, I am presented holy. And unblameable Unblameable. and unreprovable Unreprovable. in your sight, Father God. I am holy, holy. unblameable Unblameable. and unreprovable Unreprovable. in your sight. Hallelujah. And look at chapter 2 and verse 10, verse 9. For in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and you are complete in him which is the head of all principality and power. Now, let's notice that again. For in him, that's in Jesus, dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Any of you believe that? Sure you do. Now, listen. You are complete in him. That means the same God, the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost is in us. Say this with me. I am complete in him. I am complete in Him. Not going to be someday. I am complete in Him now. Thank you, Father. Think about what that's saying. Let's find another scripture here in the book of Jude. The book of Jude. And verse 24. Twenty-four. Now I'm going to read this to you two times. Now I'm going to him that is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. From the amplified. Now to him who is able to keep you without stumbling or slipping or falling. And to present you, say this, I am presented unblemished, blameless, faultless before the presence of my Father's glory with unspeakable, ecstatic, delight in triumphant joy and exultation. You know who's doing the joy? The Father. That's you. See, you're dipping yourself right now in in, in that raising labor. You're being washed in the water of His Word. I'll show that to you in the book of Ephesians, chapter 5. Let's read it there. Ephesians, chapter 5. This is by precept and example. This is how we're changed from glory to glory. This is how you produce a good self-image. This is how you allow the Holy Spirit work with the Word to build the life of the Father within you, to reproduce Himself in you. Jesus is the image we saw there in the book of Colossians of the Godhead. We're going to see that again chapter 5 of the book of Ephesians and let's take a look at verse 26. Ephesians 5 and verse 26. That he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word that he might present it to himself a glorious church not having spot Say, I have no spot or wrinkle or any such thing. I am holy and without blemish. Now, here in the Amplified, that verse 27 and 26 and 27 says, So that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word, that he might present the church to himself in glorious splendor without spot or wrinkle or any such things that she might be holy and faultless. Say, I am holy and faultless before my Father's presence. When are you going to be that way? You are that way now. Remember over there in Colossians where it said in chapter 1, I'll read it to you, where it said that in, he is the firstborn of every creature. For in Him were all things created that are in heaven, that are in earth, visible, invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things are created by Him and for Him. and all He is before all things and by Him all things consist. For it pleased the Father that in Him should all fullness dwell. Say, in Jesus all fullness dwells. Say, in Jesus all fullness dwells. Now, look, now notice this. Verse 15 says, I'm reading to you from the Bible. Who is the image of the invisible God? Say that. Alright, now I want to read to you another scripture in Romans chapter 8. Jesus is the image of the invisible God. The book of Hebrews says that he is the brightness of his glory, the express image of his person. Doesn't that what it says? Now listen to this. Romans chapter 8, verse 29. For whom he did For no, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Jesus is the image of the invisible God. He is the brightness of his glory. He is the express image of his person. We in him are predestinated to be conformed to the image of his Son. Brethren, John said in his epistle, What manner of love hath the Father bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of the living God? Now are we the sons of the living God. And when we we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. Because as he is, so are we in this world. And everyone that hath this hope purifies or purges himself, even as he is pure. I in them, and thou in me. At that day ye shall know that I am in the Father, and ye in me, and I in you. Ye are heirs of God, and joint heirs with the Lord Jesus Christ. We are caught up with him. Made to sit with him in heavenly places. We are in him. He is in the Father. This is tremendous. The natural mind doesn't know how to respond to it. But the heart rejoices and leaps for joy and says, I'm in God, and He's in me. He's made me one with Himself. Think about that. See, there's no reason for a believer to be having a guilt complex. There's no reason for a born-again believer to think lowly of themselves or to feel guilty There's no reason for a born-again believer to stay in the outer court and shy away from the presence of the Father. There's no reason to even get into the holy place and stop there and be satisfied and content with arriving at such a place. But every one of us could enter into the holiest presence of our Heavenly Father until we come away from that place like Moses came down from the mountain. I mean, when they had a put a bag over His face because they couldn't stand to look at Him because of the countenance of His face. He's shown with the glory of God. We're special people. We're a royal priesthood, a holy nation, called out people, redeemed, blood-bought, purchased people. And the Father has set His love upon us in such a way that we are called the sons of the living God. And I want every one of you to know that you should look into the mirror of God's Word and when you do, you should see yourself in Him in such a way that you begin to be conformed to His very image and likeness. And the Holy Spirit through the Word begins to purge, cleanse and wash us in that Word and in that blood until day by day we're so transfigured and transformed and changed that we just find ourselves slipping right into the very holiest presence of the Father God and being perfectly content knowing that we're accepted there by the blood of Jesus. This is applying the blood of Jesus to our bodies, to our minds, and spirits. Washed in His blood cleansed by the Word and entering into the holiest presence of the Father. You are somebody special. Our hearts should be lifted up to a place that we actually are aware of the fact that He is with us everywhere we go. He said in the book of Hebrews chapter 13. I'm going to read it to you from the Amplified Bible. Because it's so much better. And I want you to repeat, just repeat this after me. Verse 5 and 6. Hebrews chapter 13. I'm going to read it from the Amplified Bible. You can follow along in there. King James, if you like. Let your character and moral disposition be free from love of money, including greed, avarice, lust, and craving for earthly possessions, and be satisfied with your present circumstances and with what you have. For he, God, himself, has said, God has said, I will not in any way fail you, nor give you up, nor leave you without support, I will not, I will not, I will not in any degree leave you helpless, nor forsake, nor let you down, relax my hold on you, assuredly not. So we take comfort and are encouraged and confidently say and boldly say, The Lord is my helper. Say that with me. I will not be seized with alarm. I will not fear or dread or be terrified. What can man do to me? Now say this with me. I belong in your presence, Father. I am redeemed by the blood. I'm delivered and set free. You are on my side. I'm a very special person. You love me dearly. You've drawn me unto yourself with loving kindness and mercy and with compassion. And I have come and you have said you never leave me nor trust me that I may boldly say I will not fear what man shall do unto me because you're on my side. I thank you for it. In Jesus' name, I am holy, holy, spotless, spotless, blameless, blameless, faultless, faultless, unblameable, unblameable, unreprovable, unreprovable, in the presence of your glory, glory, with exceeding joy. Heavenly Father, Father, joy over me with singing, singing. for I am your very own. own. I I take this time to tell you how much I love you. And appreciate you, my Heavenly Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's all stand before the Father's presence now. Now listen, in verse 31. If God be for us. See, if God is for you, and you know God is for you, and you know He loves you. And you know He's pouring Himself out to you. And you know He wants to show you the exceeding riches of His grace. And you just know He's working with you. He's on your team. He's on your side. And you know that. If God be for us, if God be for us, who could be against us? Who could be against, who could successfully defeat us? Who can do it? And in the next verse, 32, We have the gospel in the scripture. He that spared not his only son, but delivered him up for us all. Did he do that? How, here's the question, how shall he not, with him, freely give us all things? Remember, God, our Father, is a son and shield. No good thing will he withhold from those that walk uprightly. How? Now that He's given Jesus, we were sinners, He gave us Jesus. Now that with Jesus given to us, how shall He not with Jesus freely give us all things? All things. How shall He not freely give us all things? That's His argument. How shall He not give us all things? Now notice something in the next verse. You're the believer. Now listen, who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? It is God that justified. It's God that made us righteous. It's God that cleansed us by the blood. It's God that washed us in that blood and made us whole. It's Him. He put us in relationship with Him. It's Jesus that made us a king and a priest. God set this whole thing in motion. Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? He said, if God's on your side and you know He is, And you're living under condemnation or guilt or inferiority or fear. Who's laying those things? Aren't you God's elect? Who's laying those things to your charge? Who's doing that? It's not God. God justified you. Well, is it Jesus? Well, wait a minute. You told the sinner Jesus is not condemning you. You told the sinner that Jesus is not imputing your trespasses to you. You said Jesus died for your sins. You said he came not to condemn, but to give you life. But, Saint, I'm asking you. Is God condemning you? No. Is Jesus condemning you? Is that why you feel so guilty? No. Look at the next part. Who is he that condemneth? In verse 34. It is Christ that died, yea, rather, that is risen again, and who is even at the right hand of God, who also maketh intercession for us. Jesus is right there at the Father's side on His throne, and He is speaking to the Father about you, and He's speaking good, wholesome words about you. He's saying, I died for them. I gave my life for them. They are set free by my blood. They are accepted in our presence. And He's saying all that the Word says about us. To the Father. So the Father hasn't condemned us. So Jesus is not condemning us. He's rather interceding for us. Who is he that condemneth? He asks. Who is he that's doing all this, you know, giving all this condemnation? Who is the one? And in the next part he says, verse 35, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? In other words, where's this coming from? Who's trying to separate us from this love of God in Christ? Of course, you know, I don't want to mention his name. He's not worth it. But who's trying to separate us from this love, this, this not just saving grace, but I'm talking about the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness towards us. Who is trying to stop that from being prevalent in the life of the believer? It's not God. It's not Jesus. And then he goes and says, shall tribulation, and you know where tribulation comes from, shall, and I'm sure you had a lot of it, Well, shall distress, no. Distress can't separate us from it. Shall persecution, no. Persecution can't. Shall famine, no. Famine can't. Shall nakedness, no. Peril, no. Sword, no. For it is written, for thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Who shall separate us from this love? Who is going to separate us from this love? Shall any of these things? No. No. You know who shall? You know who shall? Not even the devil. The only one that could separate us from the love, the exceeding riches of His grace, is you and me. We're the only ones. You're condemning. See, when you feel guilty and condemned, you're doing it to yourself. When you feel unrighteous and unworthy, and when you say, God doesn't care about me, You're separating yourself from His love. And you say, well, who cares in this assembly about me? Everybody wants to be loved. Yes, everybody wants to be loved. But remember, the Father told me to tell you that your Heavenly Father loves you, really, really, really loves you. When you start talking like that, you are separating yourself from His love. When you start talking like that, it's you, the individual believer, Tribulation can't do it, distress can't do it, famine can't do it, sword can't do it, peril can't do it. Because Paul said in all these things in the next verse, Nay, nay, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. Nay, in all these things. See, peril, famine, nakedness, sword. It doesn't matter what it is. All those, tribulation, all those things cannot separate us from the love of God that's in Jesus Christ. It can't do it. It's impossible. But, I can do it. Because in all those things, we are more than conquerors through Him that what? Through Him that what? Do you see that when you don't know He loves you, you can't be more than a conqueror? Listen to this. If you don't know that He loves you, with this endless love, and I mean exceeding, if you don't know that, you can't be more than a conqueror. Because you conquer through Him that loves you, when you know He loves you you'll sit back at the tribulation and you'll look up and say, but my Father loves me. Glory to God. And faith will rise up like a giant. And you say, no. Let's slay the giant of distress. Let's slay the giant of persecution. Let's slay the giant of peril and famine and nakedness and sword because in all these things I'm more than a conqueror through Him that loves me. He loves me. He loves me. Do you see it? He loves me. Oh, then he goes on to say another thing. Verse 38. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, or any creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Jesus Christ. None of it. And that encompasses everything you can possibly contact in this life. It cannot separate us from this awesome, overwhelming outpouring of the love of God towards us if we know He loves us. It's impossible. Can't do it. Do you know He loves you? Do you really? really know He loves you and longs to bless you and overwhelm you. You know Ephesians chapter 3 tells us in verse 19 that if we know the love of Christ that passes knowledge, we will be filled with all the fullness of God and He would be able to do for us exceeding, there's that word again, abundantly above all we ask or think. What's the criteria? If you know The love of Christ that passes knowledge. You become filled with all the fullness of God. You get out and start basking in the sunlight of His love. You get out and start basking in the sunlight of His love. You just get into His throne room and I mean get into the invisible realm. Get yourself a chair, put it down in a room, sit down in another chair, look over that chair and say, faith is a substance of things hoped for, the evidence of the unseen. Father, you're on your throne right there. I'm just going to bow down right here before you and let. I'm just going to bask in the sunlight of your love. I'm just going to just come into the presence of your countenance and glory and holiness and let you love me. And then you start saying, Father, I love you with all of my heart. Like Jason told me, I mean to tell you, you'll be overwhelmed with the love that God has for you. You'll see the Father loves you so dearly, you'll melt right there. You'll melt in that love. And you'll start to walk around as a conqueror through Him that loves you. You'll know how much He loves you. You'll be full of the love of God that passes this knowledge. And He'll be able to do for you exceeding abundantly above all you ask or think. See, no good thing will He withhold from those that walk upon Him. He asks that we set our love upon Him, that He may love us. He loves us. As a father, loves His children. He really loves us. Now we're going to let Him love us. Let's close our Bibles up. Let's let Him love us. I thought this would be a four-point message. I thought. When He spoke to my heart and said to do this, but I see it's going to be a four-series message. (laughs) He loves us with overwhelming love. He wants me, as I said, as we were communicating in prayer, He wants me to let us know as a body, as a corporate body, that the throne room is open unto all, and the invitation to come, all the invitations have been set out, Having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood. Properly and accurately apply the blood to your life. And we're going to do a teaching on this so that you'll see it clearly. I shared it with faith class. You properly and accurately apply the blood to your life. It will get you into the very presence of God, the throne of God. Where you begin to bask in His love. He wanted me to let us all know as believers... We are a family church and we can set our love upon him in such a way that we can draw from his love so that that love will allow him to pour out every good thing in our midst so that all we can do is love one another richly, fervently. We'll be so much into his love, so blessed by his love for us, it won't be a selfish thing because everybody will be basking in the same love. It'll be an outpouring of God's love to us and for us. Such a way that everybody will see how God is not, you know, a respecter of person, But He loves every one of His children the same. And that love is just being outpoured to us. All as one. Why? Jesus said in John 17, 23 that they may know that thou hast loved them as thou hast loved me. How much does He love you? As much as He loves Jesus. That's how much He loves you. How much does He love us? Say this with me. Heavenly Father, you really love me with the same love that you love Jesus with. And I know it. Say this, I am very special because I'm your child, your own. I'm of your own blood. You gave birth to me. My life is meaningful. You need me in the earth to be your ambassador and representative. I thank you for the opportunity. Now I come to your presence. To bask in your love. Change me. Every part of me. So that I can best exemplify. The life of Christ. In this earth. That I may love as he loved. And walk in that same love. Towards the brethren. In Jesus name. Amen. 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 That's what it's all about. Now He wants to love us. He wants to love us. And manifest His love. Let's all stand in His presence. Thank you for listening to our legacy teachings. We pray today's message has a profound impact upon your life and your ministry. I want you to know that God loves you, has a great plan for your life. But if you've never made Jesus Christ Lord and Savior of your life, I'd like to invite you to do that right now. Just pray this simple prayer right after me. Just say, Heavenly Father, God bless.